Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 34, Ashley Horton Cuts It Up, recorded on August 12, 2015. My name is Julie Fayfan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Shoebalzer. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julie. What's up? Well, actually, what's up is you you just got back from multiple days in Nashville. I did. You just barely made it back. I did. And why don't you tell people what you were doing there? Uh, So I spent a week in Nashville, and I was not auditioning to be, you know, a honky-tonk singer, trust me. But I was there for uh, Brothers' annual convention for their dealers. Uh, As you know, Brother is the manufacturer of the Scanica, but they also make a ton of sewing machines and other related stuff. So it's a really interesting uh, convention because it's it's a lot of education is really the focus and getting everybody to – you show them the new products and then – and they take classes basically on all the new products and they get to touch and see and try it all out so that they can do the best job selling it. And what's interesting to me is because having been to CHA or the Craft and Hobby Association show for years and years, which is the same idea, but it's such a vastly different scale, of course, because at CHA you have multiple manufacturers all introducing new products and they don't all necessarily do super education, um, you know, because a lot of times the classes are, at least the way CHA does it, is they're not really educating about products in the same way. But and this is very, you know, one company focused simply on these are the new features of this embroidery sewing machine, you know. Let's make sure you know how it works and then take your order for it. So it was really interesting. I met a lot of people who uh, from sort of all over the country and in fact all over the world there were people there of course there were a lot of Japanese engineers there were also dealers from Mexico and Australia and it was it was exhausting I also gained like six pounds in a week because Nashville it's that hot chicken it's that hot it must be the hot chicken and the barbecue and the fact that I mostly kept myself fueled with Cheetos and M&M's Cheetos. I know, plus biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Who can say no to that? I guess not you. I guess not me is truly the answer. But anyway, who knows? So it was interesting, and and, and uh, there were a lot of flight delays coming back. So, but I made it, and so that makes me happy. And speaking of the South, I do feel like after being in Nashville, I have at least a little bit of street cred for a little while longer to be able to say, "Hey, y'all." Which is exactly what our guest today feels very comfortable saying because she, in fact, is from the South. So Ashley Horton is our guest. And she lives, as I said, in the South with her husband and their three rambunctious children. Uh, And she started scrapbooking in 2006, which, by the way, is about when I started blogging. And I think I started blogging pretty soon after I started scrapbooking. So I think we started around the same time. Um, And she has always loved creating traditional layouts. And some of her favorite supplies are pattern paper, flare buttons, wood veneer, spray mist, and the silhouette cameo. So she currently is on several design teams, which I want to talk to her about. She's also the owner of The Cut Shop, which is how I found her. And that's an Etsy store that sells digital cut files. So welcome, Ashley. Hello, ladies. How are you guys? We are good, and uh, I'm speaking for my mother. Mother, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak for you. Are, are you That's good? That's okay. Just move my lips for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll just good. take your answer as her answer to you. I, I speak for both of us when I say yes. 
We're good. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so Ashley and I met because um, I fell in love with all of her cut shop designs. Actually, I found her on Instagram. Um, and when I saw the cut shop Instagram files, uh, well, the, you know what I mean? The cut, the cut shops, Instagram images. I was like, who yeah. is making all these super cool, quirky, interesting cut files. So then I had to track her down. And then when I was looking for some guests for scrapbook soup, I thought, here's a woman who'll create some really interesting cut files for the show. Um, which she did. And she was a great outstanding guest on the show. So Thank you. Uh, I had so much fun. I'm glad you were great. And that's, that's, that's the story of how we, how we met and fell in love. Yes. Ashley, and the funny thing is, any- oh, I'm sorry. The fun- I, was I was just going to ask if thing. you had any dirt on Julie from no, being on I the show. I don't have any dirt, but I did, oh. uh, I knew about Julie from like years ago when, you know, we both started scrapbooking around the same time and, um, our local PBS showed a scrapbook show and I cannot remember what the name of it was then, but Julie, you were a guest. And I think the other lady that was one of the hosts, her name was Julie. And so I used to watch that, um, when I first started scrapbooking and I like never dreamed that I would come and actually film an episode <laughs> for scrapbook soup. So that was really cool to happen. That's super cool. Actually, Julie, you could tell her the secret news about scrapbook soup. Oh, yeah. News. Well, it's not really secret, but we got some really good news, which is, um, so Scrapbook Soup has always been on PBS, but PBS actually has a smaller network within it called the Create mm-hmm. Network, which uh, gets shown just in a lot more households. It's a much bigger oh, audience. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, so. Because I know that when we filmed um, the episodes that I'll be appearing on, and I checked the local listings for us in this area, it doesn't actually air on our PBS channel. So we have access, you know, to the website for the scrapbook soup website to watch the episodes there. But I was like, man, that's a bummer. (laughs) We don't have it here on our local channel. So that's cool that it gets it into more homes. It does. And so this is the first time ever that actually scrapbook soup made it onto the create network. So it should be in a lot more places, um, starting this fall. Yeah. Which I'm kind of, I'm kind of psyched about. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. Okay, so let's talk about it. There's a whole bunch of stuff I so want to talk about. So the first okay. one is I want to talk a little bit. So you're on a bunch of design teams. I know American Crafts is one of them, uh-huh. which, yes. of course, American Crafts has, if people are not up on their scrapbooking news, American yeah. <laughs> Crafts basically owns, like, virtually every other company in the scrapbook yeah, world they, at this point. Yeah, they have several under them, yes. <laughs> so now American Crafts is so big now. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but they have, like, they have design teams for each designer, and then they have, like, a general design team as well? They have an in-house design team, um, and then they also have, like you said, they have different companies that are under them, um, Studio Calico, Crate Paper, Pink Paisley. Um, they're owned by American Crafts, but they kind of exist on their own as far as having someone that's over that team um, that works with that and creates the product. And then kind of each each one of those has their own design team. So I design specifically for American Crafts. Um, I use their general American Crafts brands that they release, like the DIY shop um, and also the Amy Tangerine, Shamil, and Dear Lizzie collections fall under that. Okay. And now, so on the off chance that there's someone out there who's wondering what the heck a design team is, <laughs> could you explain that? 
Okay. Um, basically what it is, is they send their new release products. Um, the big, um, big releases usually happen, um, for winter at CHA and then in the summer. And so they send you the products that they release and you basically create with those. Um, I do mostly layouts that do some projects and cards and things like that for American crafts also. Um, but you just design with the product that they send and your work is, um, on their blog, and then you also share it on your blog, social media, um, just to get the word out, you know, about what they're coming out with. It just helps promote their product, but in return, they kind of help promote you and your social media also. And how long have you been doing the American Crafts Design Team? This is my second year, and um, the first time I applied was the first time that I made the team, and I never expected to get an email <laughs> asking me to actually be one of the designers. It was just kind of that thing like, oh, I'll apply and just kind of get my name out there. And so that first time that I applied, they asked me to be on the team. So I was really surprised. I actually called my husband. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I made American Crafts. <laughs> He's like, okay, whatever. I was going to say, did he understand how what a big deal it was? Yeah, he does. He, he keeps up with it and, you know, he looks at my pages and he's been really supportive of the cut shop and helped me with a lot of ideas and things like that. And he kind of got me into the whole YouTube with that and kept saying, you need to do videos to go along with your shop. And I was like, I will one day. <laughs> and so he's been very supportive of all, all the stuff that I do. I was going to say he's, fantastic. He's, he's wonderfully supportive yeah. because I know he drove you guys. You yes. drove all the way to the. We drove uh, 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. You drove 15 hours with three kids yeah. to Scrapbook yeah, yes. Soup's uh, set in order to film. Yeah. We were going to come, just the two of us, but we kind of decided after talking about a few things and we were like, well, let's just make it a family road trip. And so um, we got to do that and we were not very, very close to Niagara Falls while we were there, but close enough. And so we got to go to Niagara Falls and um, we visited the Ohio, the Cleveland, Ohio Zoo while we were there and did a few other things. So it turned out to be really fun and gave me some more photos that I could scrapbook. <laughs> That's always good. Which is perfect. So yeah. when you do, this is, so you obviously scrapbook a lot. And the question I have is you're on several design teams and then you also obviously do work for yourself. Do yeah. you, um, do you like, is there a difference between your design team work and the work that you do for yourself? Um, I don't really think so. Um, I try to put my best effort into anything that I do. So, you know, if I'm doing something for a design team, I'm going to do a hundred percent on that. And then I also try to put that same amount of effort into what I do for the shop. Um, I basically design what I like to design. And I think that's why design teams choose me. So I don't really try to change my style or anything like that for my design team layout. So I basically kind of keep it the same. Um, I think maybe it's just different as the way it's promoted because, of course, the design team work for um, companies is advertised on their blogs, and I pretty much get my own media out for the cut shop. I'm in charge of that. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I always found um, with design team work that particularly like I had an easier time with kit clubs because it was a wide mm -hmm. variety of stuff. Sometimes yeah. with a single company, it was a lot harder because they make, you know, uh, one particular style of thing usually. Although I suppose American Crafts is so big now that they actually, not only do they make a wide variety of things, but they make a wide variety of styles. Yeah. Well, I've tried, diff I think, different teams over the course of, like, when I kind of started that whole thing. And so I've found which companies fit me and their style and the products that they create. So I try not to design for somebody that I feel like 
um, that their style doesn't match my style because I don't want to, I don't want to hinder like my creativity trying to design with something that's not inspiring to me. So American Crafts is definitely one of those companies that even before I was on the design team, those were regular purchases of collections that I used because that was what attracted me um, were the products that they were creating. I always think that's the best advice when people want to get on design teams or do stuff like that and say, how do I, how do I? And the, the answer is like, well, it has to be something that you're already using and that you already yeah. love, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's kind of like, so when the design team call comes, you don't even have to think about, oh, I got to make new stuff. Mm -hmm. You already have a hundred things. Yeah. That fit that. And I, you know, I've tried that before where you're creating with things that may, may not quite fit your style. And it is hard. You kind of, you know, it, it, I think that's when it turns into work because you're having to force yourself to do it where as if you're using something that you enjoy, it's natural. It's, you know, creating, you enjoy doing it. Yes. I don't think that's such a, I, I think that happens in a lot of things. For example, haven't you ever walked into a store and everything in the store just doesn't work for you for clothing. It just doesn't oh, yeah. work. And then you yeah. go into another one and everything does work. And I just yeah. think the idea is to find the right place for yourself. I agree. Because sometimes like you'll, you'll have money and you go in one of those stores where everything doesn't work, but you have the money and you're like, well, I feel like I need to buy something. So I'm going to buy this shirt. And then you bring it home and you're like, why did I buy that shirt? You hate it. You never <laughs> yeah. wear it. You never wear it. Yeah. It ends up going to like Goodwill or you, you know, give it to somebody else. <laughs> I think that it's just, it's really tempting, you know, because you want to be a part of a design team, you know, yeah. which is tough. Now, you also yeah. wear the cap on the other side, which is you run a design team for your mm -hmm. cut shop. Yes. And do you think, I mean, how do you think like being on a design team sort of influenced the way that you run your design team? Well, I've had experience with design teams that are run very well and some that are not run so well. So I've kind of taken ideas from teams that I've been on. And it wasn't something that I rushed into because I did start scrapbooking in 2006. So I've kind of along the way, not necessarily like concrete goals that I set for myself, but kind of like, oh, I'd like to be, you know, on a design team one day and I'd like to do this one day and have my layouts published and, you know, just things like that. And so when it got to the point where I started creating the cut files and opened the shop, um, I knew eventually down the road it was going to come to a point if I wanted to keep getting the publicity out that I would need a design team to kind of help spread the word and use the cut files. And so I've taken some of those, you know, I want to use the good experiences and um, try to, I like to be organized. So I try to have everything set up before, if I'm getting a, a new team, I have everything set up before they come in the group. I want to have all the information, um, that they need, um, you know, cut files that they're going to be using during their term. Um, and you know, I like to be interactive. I don't really have anybody that's kind of a coordinator for the team. It's me. And I have a couple of ladies that help with the social media, but I want to be there and like, um, you know, in contact with them so that they know what's going on and I know what's going on. So what do you look for in a design team member? Um, I like ladies who are prevalent on social media because that's basically how you're getting your name out there. Um, I'll just, I like ladies that have different design styles. I have some on the team that have like a cleaner style, some that do a lot of mixed media. Um, of course, people that can meet deadlines because we do have deadlines and get their blog post up. Um, just somebody that's responsible and a lot of the ladies that are on the team are ladies that I know or that I've been on other teams with and so I already kind of know their background 
Um, and, you know, I do have other ladies that are new that I like to give a chance that maybe have not been on teams before. Um, and so I've had I've had a good run with the ladies that I've had on the team since we started last year. And I think we've had three or four design team changes since then. And we've had some great ladies that have been serving on the team. Wow. You've had three or four design team changes in a year. That's cr- that must be yes. exhausting. I know. <laughs> I kept some on for a while after because we got into like the holiday craziness. And I was like, well, y'all just all stay and then we'll do a call later on. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to try to do a team call during the holiday. <laughs> so what motivated you to open the cut shop? Um, I... I actually had been using a digital um, a digital cut file machine probably since about six months after I started scrapbooking. I ended up getting a Cricut. I just had to have one when I found out about the whole world of digital cut files. And I used it um, for a good while, and I was not very good with the cartridges. Those were not my friend. Um, so I discovered a software that went along with it at the time where you could you know, create cut files and um, kind of use ones that were out there. And so I used that for a good while. And eventually I ended up switching to this um, Silhouette Cameo, which I've really loved. And I was big on buying a lot of the cut files in their store. And um, also there's a lot of free cut files out there that you can find on blogs and things. And I had kind of gotten to a point where in the Silhouette store, I had felt like I had kind of bought a lot of the designs that fit me and couldn't really find anything new. And so every once in a while, I would just play around in the software, creating like my own titles and things like that. And I've kind of did, a, I guess you would say, a little bit of graphic design at the job I did before I became a stay-at-home mom. And so that kind of helped me to kind of start doing some of my own designs. And so I was doing those and just kind of creating them for myself to use on my own layouts. And so I started giving away a couple of free cut files here and there. And um, eventually just thought, well, what if I open a shop and, you know, just kind of start selling these to see how it goes because it was a really popular idea. And so I opened it at the end of May last year and um, it's gone great. Like I use them pretty much, I use my cameo pretty much on every layout that I do, whether I'm using my own cut file or one from somebody else or creating a title. Um, So I use it pretty much all the time. I have to say, like, I, I mean, I use, I don't know how to scrapbook anymore without yeah. my scan and cut. Like, I just, oh, yeah. I don't, I, I was trying to do something and I was like, no, 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 I need, I need it. I, it's like a drug. How do you not yes. have yeah. it? Which is so funny to think that I went years and years and years without it and never needed it. And now I literally yeah. can't imagine how to create a page without being able to so do that. easy. Yeah, it's so easy to customize your pages. You know, like I said, you can, if you don't want to have to buy thickers or letter stickers, you can make your titles, you know, you can make your own embellishments. And I kind of like to try to do cut files that aren't out there that are kind of a little different or, you know, kind of funky, just something a little different than what you would maybe see in the Silhouette store, Um, not the mainstream, I guess, kind of cut files. So I try to come up with just like different ideas, maybe off the wall stuff sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely why I fell in love with that, with your Instagram account and with your style and everything, because it is unusual and quirky and totally different from the other stuff that's out there. Oh, yeah. So listen, so you're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just gonna say the businesses that you two ladies run would not be possible without the internet. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I I think about that all the time, about the fact that, like, 
you know, uh, when I first started scrapbooking and everything, internet was there, but it was sort of new and message boards and everything and magazines were still really big and they annoyed in, you know, a few people every year to be like the special people. And now, Mm -hmm. uh, and they all were sort of, I think within the same style because it was the framework of that magazine that those editors, whatever, whatever. But now it's like, even if you're in a weird little niche, you can find Mm -hmm. your other weird little niche people. Oh yeah. Cause you've got Facebook groups, you've got, you know, all that, that you can, you can join. And, and that's one thing that I like about, you know, having the Etsy shop is it's a digital download and because it's through the internet, um, there, I'm not doing anything. I'm uploading. And once somebody purchases Etsy sends the download, I'm not having to send any physical product, package anything up, go to the post office. It's really easy. And I really like that, that it's a product that kind of takes care of itself. I think that because I was going to say, you uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I seem to recall you homeschool your children, right? I do, yes. So I was going to say, so you have the full time job basically of homeschooling them, plus the full time job of being their mom. Yes. Plus the full. But I kind of like, yeah, I like it that way because it gives me access. You know, if we are doing schoolwork and they're kind of doing something on their own, and I need to run in and use the computer for something, then I have access. You know, access to do that. So it's not like I'm working 40 hours, you know, during the week somewhere, coming home in the afternoon and then trying to keep up with all the stuff that I have going on in the scrapbook world. It's kind of all incorporated together. So do your kids get incorporated into, because I assume you have a ton of deadlines for design team stuff that you have, that you have to do for American Crafts, et cetera, Mm -hmm. as well as stuff you have to do for the cut shop. I mean, so do you involve the kids in crafting with you? Yay, nay. Um, they all kind of like to draw and do little crafty things. Sometimes I'll get them to help me, you know, if I'm doing something, um, I don't really get them to help me for design teamwork because I like to be focused on what I'm doing and concentrating. Um, but they each like to draw. They like, when I get my paint out, they're like, oh, can I paint? And so I've let them buy their own little watercolor sets and both the girls love to draw. So they're constantly using up all the paper in the house. I'm like, where did all the paper go? So they kind of all do their little own crafty things, you know, themselves. And when we do homeschool, um, by the time we're done in the afternoon, you know, they kind of want to do their own thing. So they entertain themselves, watch TV or play. And that gives me a little bit of time to get in before I start supper or whatever in the afternoon and either work on some layouts or take care of, you know, online stuff um, with the design team or if I'm uploading some new cut files and things like that. So it works out really well. Are you a fast scrapbooker? Like, how long does it generally take you to put together a layout? I have gotten much, much faster. It used to take me about three hours or more to do a layout, and now I can do one. It depends. And I say an hour and a half is fast for me just because of the amount of detail, and I use a lot of hand stitching a lot of times. Um, and if I'm working with a wet medium, you have to, you know, add in the drying time. So I think that's pretty quick for me, you know, up to an hour, an hour and a half. And if I know I'm using like paint or something like that and I have a few minutes, I'll go ahead and do that part and then I can leave it out, let it dry. And then when I get time later on in the afternoon, I can come back and finish that. And I'm, I usually like to finish a layout in a day. Like if I start it and have to go away, I like to finish it maybe at night once the kids are in bed. I don't like to leave it like for the next day. I want to get it finished up while I have the idea for the, you know, design in my head. So what do you think has made you so much faster? What's the change? Um, I think it changed a lot when I started designing for design teams because I was getting the product. And like you said, the kit clubs, you get everything. It's kind of coordinated. So you're not having to 
kind of dig through your stash and say, okay, well, I've got this paper, so I need to find some embellishments. You kind of have everything right there. And I think that even if I'm not using something like that, I think that's kind of trained me to look for things quicker that will go together. Whereas before I kind of like stressed out, I'm like, okay, well, does this embellishment match this paper? And does this paper go with my photo? <laughs> so I think it was more overthinking it when I kind of first started, which kind of made me take a lot longer to do a page. Interesting. For me, I feel like the thing that has made me faster over time has been my ability to make decisions more quickly. Yes. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times I, you know, would sit there and stare and like go back and forth, go back and forth, go back and forth. And nowadays I'm just like, just do it. Just do it. Just shut up and do it. Yeah. Because I think when I first started, I kind of had these rules in my head of like, and I know like when I first started, everything had to be a double page layout and whatever was on one side had to mirror the other side. <laughs> so Absolutely. I finally like, yeah. I finally like worked my way down to, I went from like multi-photo double page layouts to now I do single page layouts with usually one photo, maybe two. <laughs> so it's changed a lot since 2006. Well, you know, it's so interesting because like I also found myself like everything was double page spread. Everything had mm-hmm. to match across. It was multi tons and tons of photos. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, I, of course, I think partially because of a lot of design team stuff because you're trying to show off products. So sometimes mm-hmm. the which is always my problem with design team work. And it's just where I struggled, which is sometimes I found like the product and stuff became more important than the story. Yeah. And that was really tough because then I felt like I was scrapbooking things just because it was a pretty photo. I didn't really have anything to say about it. It was just, it was a pretty yeah. photo and I knew it made for a pretty layout. Um, and so I, you know, I found that that was all single photo. And now that I'm doing a lot more project life, I actually find myself in a hilarious way. It doesn't coordinate the way the old ones used to, but it is double yeah. page spread, lots double, and lots of photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the old stuff. Everything is a and circle. I, yeah. And I don't journal a lot anymore. I used to, but I think it was kind of, it was more in that time period of like, when it was like first things for the kids, like this is their first, you know, whatever, the first time we went to the fair or the first time we did this. And I think now a lot more of the photos are kind of everyday photos. And so my philosophy is as long as I'm getting the photo off my camera and off my computer and out of the digital realm and onto a paper so that it can be seen, you know, somewhere down the road that that kind of tells a story in itself because a lot of pictures just stay online and hover out there in the digital world and don't get printed anymore. So I like to, you know, take those photos. And if if I have an event, like if it's Christmas or something, and I don't necessarily scrapbook all of those photos on one layout, but I will take a lot of photos from that one event and do like maybe five or six, you know, single page layouts that have different photos from Christmas. So I think you can still, you know, you still get that same effect. You're just not doing the large double page spreads. And, why did you start scrapbooking? Um, well, I actually, I had my, my, I had my daughter. We had our daughter, um, 2006, and I was actually working in a church office, um, and our pastor's daughter, she was actually a creative memories consultant, and she was about four hours away from um, living from where we were, and she actually would come, I think it was once a month, and she hosted a crop um, at our church and I had no clue what it was, didn't even know it was going on. And one of the other ladies, um, in the office that was the same age as me, she's like, Hey, this goes on once a month. You should, you know, come check it out. And I was like, okay, I'll come. And so, um, you know, I stayed after work one afternoon when they had it on a Friday night and went with her and, um, really got into it. Like I liked the concept of it. I wasn't so big on the creative memories product. And so I was kind of like, 
a little leery of that. But as I talked to some of the other ladies, they were like, oh, you can buy products, you know, at Michael's and Hobby Lobby. And so I kind of took a look at some of that stuff and I was like, oh, this is really cute. So, um, you know, I had baby photos. So I kind of got started doing that. And I had started like a baby book for Madison. And so I kind of had that concept a little bit of what it was like. And so once I found some product that I like, you know, it was just downhill from there. (laughs) Once I started getting all the pretty paper, it was like, okay, I love this. And so that's pretty much, you know, how I got started and um, really haven't stopped since then. (laughs) So now you mentioned that you had done some graphic design in a previous job. Were you an artistic kid? Were you a person who always knew you wanted to do something artsy craftsy? Well, I always really loved kind of art, and I made little things, you know, as a kid here and there, and art was my favorite subject in school. We could take it as an elective, um, and I pretty much took it from seventh grade all the way to twelfth grade. That was, like, my favorite class, (laughs) my favorite teacher, Um, and I wasn't so much into, like, the drawing. I just liked to make things, and I think at that point, I didn't really know kind of where it was focused and going, Um, but, you know, I did have that idea of, like, I liked to create things. And so I would kind of do things at home, like little projects and things like that. And, um, I had, I guess what you would call an older scrapbook where you would do the newspaper clippings and things like that. So when I discovered scrapbooking in 2006, it was kind of like the light bulb went off, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) And that is the craft for me. So, um, you know, it's just built from there and starting out trying to figure out what I was doing. And, Um, I scrap lifted a lot back then because I wanted to learn how to do the design of the pages and eventually just worked my way to where I kind of started making my own sketches. And then from there, I was just like, I'm slapping stuff on the page until it looks good. And so that's basically what I do today. (laughs) I think that's what we all kind of do is you just kind of slap it around until it finally seems to make sense. Oh, yeah. Keep adding stuff, move it around until you think it looks good, and then call it done. So what's your uh, workspace like? Do you have a studio space? Do you have um, a... I actually took over our master bedroom pretty much. (laughs) It's a a fairly large room, and I have a space on one side of the room. Um, I have one of the white um, tables, and I have my Cameo and my computer and all that there. And then I have some shelving that I'm able to keep stuff stored. So I just went before we had all three kids, I actually had a room to myself and then they took over my room. So I took over our bedroom. <laughs> and eventually they move out and then you get <laughs> and then I get room back. Yes, that is true. I thought about taking over the dining room, but I was like, well, as sure as I do that, then we'll have some kind of party or something. And everybody will be like, where am I supposed to sit on the scrapbook stuff? No, you can't sit on the scrapbook stuff. <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> So where do you store all your scrapbooks? Because I assume you must be have a lot of layouts. Yeah, um, I actually have um, most of the bulk of my albums right now are in one of the closets um, just because I do not have a shelf quite big enough for all of those. But I do, my most current ones I actually keep um, in my scrapbook area in our room. I have some tall shelves um, on both ends of my table and I'm able to store those. So that way, if I'm adding in layouts, I can just grab it really quickly and put my layouts in there. And are you assuming, are you divide, I know some parents, I don't have kids, so I don't have to think about this, but <laughs> I know that some parents like divide up the layouts into like, this album's for this kid, this album's for that kid. And other people are like, whatever, they'll figure yeah. it out. Well, I tried that because um, Emma was our second. And so I was kind of, Madison, of course, had her own album uh, for up to about two years because there's, 
23 months in between the girls. And so I kind of, you know, had albums going for Madison. And so when Emma came along, I was like, well, having, you know, an album for Emma and one for Madison. Well, when Reese got here, it was like, oh, they're just all going in one book. <laughs> I'm like, so if they want to, like when they're older and I'm gone and they want to take their pages out and divide them, they can go for it. And do the kids like to uh, look through the albums? They do. Madison was actually looking through one today. I have a Disney album um, from some of our Disney trips, and she had it, and she was looking through it, and she would call Reese and Emma. She's like, come look at this page. (laughs) I don't think Reese was so much into it. You know, six-year-old boy, he could really care less. Well, I was going to say, but every six-year-old boy likes to see photos of himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. He likes to play on the computer, so if it doesn't have anything to do with the computer, he's not really interested. <laughs> <laughs> so here's yeah. – I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I was my, just wondering, have you tried digital scrapbooking, and do you like it or not? I actually did for a travel album. Um, my hubby and I went on a cruise in 2007, and I did like a smaller kind of 8x8 eight eight album, and I have a printer at home. So I did do some digital pages and printed those out, but I'm just more of a traditional. I like the paper. Uh, I use a lot of digital things on my pages because I do print my photos and um, use a lot of the filters through Instagram or Photoshop and things like that, Um, and then using the digital cut files. So I do have a lot of digital elements on my traditional pages. So, Ashley, have you taken... um have you taken classes in, you know, like uh, silhouette and stuff like that? Or is that all just stuff you've taught yourself? Well, I think I just kind of basically taught myself a lot of it because I was using the Cricut before um, and then kind of upgraded to the program, um, the software program that went with that. And um kind of they were similar from when I moved from that program to the Silhouette Studio. Uh, There were a few things that I've learned just you know YouTube is like the new classroom now if you need to know something you just go to YouTube and you can find out how to do it. So there were a few things that kind of you know that I looked up on YouTube to get me through Um, but I'm kind of one of those people that I like to just get in there and like play and do it and try to figure it out. Um, I'm not very good with like written instructions or anything like that. I have to see something visual. So I do like the aspect of YouTube if you're trying to figure something out. And I send a lot of ladies that have questions because I'm like, I just can't explain it to you. I'm like, go, go to this video. You can watch it on YouTube. It shows you exactly how to do it. Well, you know, this is so my theory though, which is I feel like I do best with what I call training wheels. Which is to say, I like it when you give me a hint in the right direction, like, you know, Mm. make sure you open it here and don't, you know, push X button. Then like, okay, I'm good. But I think you always learn so much through trial and error, through the experimentation and not to belabor like, you know, the the old crawling metaphor that people always use. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it really is true that you have to fall down when you're learning to walk. You know, you have to experiment with how to get your balance. You can't read a book on how to get your balance. You have to actually like do it. And I think the same thing is true with a lot of technological devices Mm -hmm. like the silhouette, like the scan and cut, like any of those things, like even computer programs, just like Illustrator, Photoshop. Yes, I did, you know, look at a course, watch a video, try some things. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. what I know, what I really know has been reinforced through tasks that I do over and over and making terrible, terrible mistakes sometimes. (laughs) 
you know, and then recovering from it. It's like I was teaching this class when I was in Nashville and I, and I said to somebody, trust me, that's a mistake you'll only make once. And if you do, yeah. you'll never make it again. So it's actually never a do it good, again. it's a good mistake to make. Oh yeah. You know, and I think like that's the thing so often, which is we're so afraid of making oh, yeah. mistakes that we get, you know, frozen and afraid to try it and afraid to do it. And then it's, it's like a whole negative thing based on the yeah. fact that actually you should make wonderful, glorious millions of mistakes. Oh yeah. And I think that translates to our scrapbooking and our craft projects too, because, you know, ladies are like, well, I'm afraid I'll do this wrong or I can't do that. And I'm like, well, it's paper. If you mess up, do it again. I've had several layouts that I've almost finished to completion and spilled like a huge thing of spray mist. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just going to be a big, you know, like ink splatter on my layout. So, you know, it is trial and error. And, you know, if you do get something wrong on your layout, the scrapbook police are not going to come knock on your door <laughs> and take you away. You know, try it again. Um, that, you know, and that's, like I said earlier, when I first started and I didn't really know what I was doing, I did scrap lift a lot of ladies, but it wasn't that I was posting those and, you know, trying to make it my own work. That's how I was learning how to create pages and how to create design elements on my layouts. Now, see, this is a great topic, which is I'm a huge believer in copying to learn, which, mm -hmm. and it is all those things you say, which is obviously you don't try to claim it as your own work and you don't, yeah. you know, not admit that you're copying somebody because mm -hmm. there's no, here's the thing. There's no shame in not being the first one to come up with an idea. There's only shame in I trying agree. to pretend that you're the one who came up yes. with the idea first. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. So like, and I think that, you know, if we're talking about failure, one of the things that, that is training wheels, you know, is that if you are like copying somebody else's composition and colors, let's say, then those mm. are two things that you don't have to think about so that you can learn, you know, the technique that they're using for something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. you're limiting the factors that can go wrong. Yeah. And then it's like as you begin to get braver, then you go ahead and you get braver here, you get braver there. But I do think that you should – I'm not saying you like have to. I'm just saying that you should yeah. feel free to copy, to lift, to learn from other people. Because I really think, again, you have to do it. You have to try it. You have to see what happens, you know, because the other thing oh, yeah. is, of course, things look really easy. Like I can oh, yeah. look at, especially for me, like clean and simple scrappers, you look at their layouts and you're like, oh, there's like four things on that page. I can do that. But that takes me like four hours to do a layout. Like, that. oh my god, <laughs> like, that's seriously? hard. I know because I sit there and look at it, and I'm like, is this okay? Do I need to add something else? Is should I leave it? I mean, like seriously, it takes me twice as long to do one like that compared to my style, which, if you look at my layouts, has a ton of stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way, and like sometimes I look at abstract painting or something, which again should be a lot easier. I keep thinking because it's just like you know, what is that? Like a couple scribbles yeah. and some smacks of paint, and then. I try to do it and I'm like, no, no, this is terrible. No, I think because the thing is when you strip things down to their most basic, they have to be, uh, perfect is the wrong word, but maybe more balanced, more spot yeah. on, more intensely crafted than when you yeah, have a lot. There's something behind it that, you know, there is a design element that it has starting points and, you know, finishing points and there is a concise way to do it. So, 
um, you know, like you said, when you look at it and you think, oh, I can do that easily, but it turns out that you can't. Yeah, because it's kind of, I think of it, I, I, I like to compare a lot of art to fashion because I think fashion mm-hmm. is a place where we easily see stuff because it's kind of like yeah. if you're wearing a black skirt and a white blouse and a pair of black heels and that's it mm-hmm. and you have your hair in a ponytail, like, I mean, simple, basic, right? Yeah. If that oh, yeah. blouse, like, doesn't fit or is weird in some way, you really see it because that's the whole simple mm-hmm. outfit. But if you also have on, like, a necklace and a blazer and a cardigan and a scarf, yeah. and a, then you can kind of hide whatever is happening elsewhere oh yeah yeah and it's funny that you bring that up because I'm kind of like a I love Project Runway I'm kind of like a Project Runway nerd and like (laughs) Food Network nerd and so I kind of compare like I kind of think of my scrapbooking in those same lines because a chef takes ingredients that they you know end up to complete a meal and a fashion designer takes fabric that they end up to complete a garment and I take paper and embellishments to end up to complete a layout so we all have a vision you know, what we're creating, we're all creating something. And so I'm like always watching, you know, Food Channel and like Project Runway just because I relate to those people and what they're doing through their craft to the same thing, you know, through what I'm doing. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I love like on the Food Network, I love Chopped where they all get these weird baskets and have to make these weird meals from like the random things. You know, you have stale popcorn, uh, tater tots, red hots, yeah. and you know chicken innards. Oh, a- make a make a dessert. <laughs> and, that kind of, yeah, and, that, and that translates to you know a lot of times you know I've done challenges. Um, you know when I first started scrapbooking that the recipe challenges where it's like take five buttons, take two pattern paper. You know it's that same type of thing. You're you know using different um, elements to create one cohesive layout, and so it kind of you know translates over. Yeah, and I think, you know, I used to do a ton of challenges. Like, I think almost every layout I created in the first few years was in relationship to a challenge, partially because it's really, it it helps because, again, it simplifies the list of things that you need to Mm -hmm. deal with. So you're only dealing with a certain number of things. Yeah, exactly. It gives you that focus. And then also, I think because it's so interesting because it's an opportunity to find your personal style because, Mm. I mean, you and I are very different scrapbookers. And if we have the same supplies, even if we use the same cut files... Oh, yeah. It's going to have be, totally different looks. Yeah. And that's so fascinating because I think mm-hmm. people worry a lot about personal style, whether they're scrapbooking yeah. or art journaling or doing, you know, jewelry or whatever. And I think one of the things is you do have a personal style, but sometimes mm-hmm. in order to find it, it's like you need to put some kind of limitation on your creativity so that you're forced yeah. to grab a hold of those things that sing to you that are yeah. within your personal style. Yeah, and I've tried layouts, uh, and now that I've, I think I'm a little more mature in my scrapbooking, I can do other styles and end up with a result that I like, but I think when I kind of, like, first started out, I wasn't really sure, like you said, what my style was, and um, when I kind of started moving that way, when I did start finding it, sometimes I would think, oh, well, I need to do a clean and simple, or I need to do a mixed media, and I never was really as happy with the results when I tried something like that, um, you know, because it wasn't what I typically did, Um, but I just did a YouTube series um, recently where I kind of took styles that are not my typical style, like I did a clean and simple layout, and I did a mixed media layout, and um, I don't do Project Life, so I did a Project Life style layout, and I really liked the way that each one of them came out, but I still follow my own style, even though I can kind of do those other ones now, um, I still like to stick with, you know, what I know. 
I think that there is this great desire to sort of prove that you can do anything and everything and I'm awesome (laughs) all around. But like, you know, and it's really hard to not want to, but it does remind me of my years in the theater where an actor would come in and be like, I can play anything from, you know, Mm -hmm. Ophelia to King Lear to, you know, who knows what else, the the tap dancing, you know, monkey and this other show. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think the truth of the matter is, we are all narrow in in actually charming ways and I think it's tempting to be a well-rounded person always Mm because you want to say I'm a little bit good at everything but I've come to accept as I've gotten older that I am terribly horribly beautifully wonderfully lopsided And that's okay. And that's that part of finding your personal style is understanding that you are kind of lopsided. I mean, it it was really interesting. I posted a blog post today um, with some images of work that I created for a licensing class that I took online. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I said is, you know, I I like all this work, but what I realized is it's it's really not mainstream and it isn't what people are looking for in that kind of licensing world. And I was blown away and humbled and just uh, grateful because so many people said, I like this work. And Mm -hmm. that to me was, well, I think it relates to a couple of things, which is a, it relates to what we talked about earlier about how the internet has allowed both of us to have businesses. It's allowed so many people to have businesses because you can find the other weirdos like you for (laughs) lack of a better (laughs) phrase, a way of putting it. But also I think it relates to the notion of, um, you know, your personal style and like choosing to embrace that I think people do respond to you being authentically you, yeah. whatever that yeah, and is. I think, I think if you're kind of all over the place, it's kind of like that, you know, quality, not quantity. You don't want to try to do everything because you're not going to be able to put your best into, you know, if you're trying to do five or six different styles of layouts that are out there. If you're focusing everything into the style that you like, um, you know, then you're going to end up with a result that you like and everybody else likes because they're going to be able to see you. I have a lot of people tell me if they're looking through a gallery, they're like, I didn't even have to click on that layout to know it was yours. You know, they can tell just by the thumbnail because they know the look of my layouts. Right. And it's funny because I I think it's important to also not let personal style become a trap where then you feel like you can't do anything else because then it won't be recognizable. And I think you have to live yourself space for evolution. That was the purpose of the YouTube series that I did too was not so much that you're like trying to change your style, but that it's okay to experiment with other things because you may not completely like that whole look, but there may be something that you learn through that that you can carry into your style on your layouts like I don't do a lot of mixed media just because of I have like perfectionism issues with my paper crinkling (laughs) so when the paper gets wet I'm like ah (laughs) so you know I've I've learned how to do mixed media in a way that I'm comfortable with um you know that I I know not to add a lot of water I can keep the paint a little more dry or you know things that I've learned just by experimenting and so that was kind of the purpose you know of that was just to show people that um, you don't have to completely change the way you do. And even though I was doing those different styles, I still kept, you know, I still showed ways that I kept me in those layouts too. So I think it's important just to experiment. Um, like I said, you may find something that you like and you want to incorporate into what you do and you may hate all of it and decide, Hey, I don't want to do any of that. Well, that so relates back to our fashion thing too, because this is what they yeah. always say about trends, right? Which is you don't need to buy oh, yeah. really expensive trend pieces. 
if mm-hmm. leopard is really in, buy a little leopard scarf, buy a leopard bag, yeah. like something small, you know, but don't, don't like necessarily have to buy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't become the leopard lady. Don't become the leopard yeah. lady. Don't, don't do that. Exactly. You know, I know that it's <laughs> really, it's so socially acceptable these days to wear leggings as pants. Although if they were meant to yes. be pants, I feel like they'd be called pants instead of leggings. <laughs> Leggings. But I saw those for the kids, and I was like, "Where are the pants? We need pants. We don't need leggings." Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast about <laughs> leggings as pants. But anyway, yes. Um, no, I mean, I think I, I anyway. So my next question really is: Do you scrapbook every single day? Is this an every single day thing for you? Um, I don't necessarily always do a layout every day, but I think I'm involved in some type of scrapbook activity every day, whether I'm creating cut files, um, whether I'm on Pinterest looking at, you know, other stuff that people are doing um, on YouTube, listening to or watching videos or podcasts, listening to people talk about scrapbooking. So I think I'm kind of always involved um, in some type of scrapbooking. And we went out of town a couple of weekends ago. And so I knew I had to kind of catch up on some assignments. And so I actually went like a whole week without doing any layouts, which is a long time for me. But I think sometimes when you have a break like that, um, it gives you, you know, just a little rejuvenation in your creativity. So I don't always do one every day, but I am doing something scrapbook related most of the time. Do you think it's a lifestyle? For me, I think it is because um, I've kind of like, I guess, accepted it as, you know, my big talent, I guess you would say. I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. Um, I'm not a writer. So this is kind of my niche that I feel really comfortable in. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, I kind of always liked crafty things and being creative. So it's kind of, I think, all led to this. Um, and, you know, I don't see myself just waking up one day and saying, okay, I'm going to stop scrapbooking. And I think even if, you know, my design teams, if I, if I kind of wasn't into what I'm doing now, I think I would still be scrapbooking just for myself. I don't think I would stop. See, I have this theory, which is that things that are part of your lifestyle stay with you in a different way than things that aren't. So, like, you may really enjoy, uh, I don't know, bird watching, okay? And so you go out, like, once a month and bird watch. But unless you're a person who, like, is also, you know, reading books about birds and drawing pictures of birds and thinking about birds and, you know, blah, 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 it, I think it fades after a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, it goes, I think it goes to, like, one of those trends. It's kind of a hobby trend. Yeah, it's, it's like I think about, kind of yeah, there are people I know, for instance, who golf, who, like, plan their entire family vacations around where they yeah. can find golf and when yeah. doing this with golf and, like, you know, yeah. planning their day so that they can figure out on a nice day how they could get out on the golf course a little early before mm-hmm. work and I, I just think again like and whether it's scrapbooking or being creative or whatever it is yeah. that where you because I, I, I run into a lot of people who are always looking for um finding the time to do it or the will to do it and the, yeah. all that kind of stuff and and I think it's like exercise which I oh, will yeah. fully admit I the only exercise <laughs> I get is lifting a Cheeto into my mouth yeah, yeah. Uh, cr- <laughs> I, those are some serious curls. Those things are heavy, yes, yes. and you have it's to do it. up some arm muscles. Exactly. <laughs> You've got to do it over and over, and then cleaning the orange stuff yeah. off your fingers is a lot of work. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing is, I know the people who are wonderful exercisers, and mm. 
they it is a lifestyle for them. Like the commitment yeah. that they have to like gym time comes before anything oh, else. Yeah. And I will get up yeah. the hour early to go for that run. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the thing that's so interesting is I can completely understand and respect that because yeah. that's the way I feel about making art, which is it, it, yeah. it, has to be there present in some way it's a lifestyle for me yeah because I have people ask me all the time they're like when do you have time to do this and even people that aren't scrapbookers that know what I do and kind of understand a little bit they're they're like when do you do this how do you do it I'm like it's what I do it's you know it's my hobby it's my (laughs) I don't even know if you would call it a hobby it's my obsession it's you know if if I have spare time um, that's what I'm doing I'm not watching TV unless it's Project One Way or Chopped or, you know, Food Network. So it's, you know, kind of just what I put my extra effort into. And like anything else, you know, I balance. I have, like we said, I have school with the kids and we do things as a family. But, um, you know, we all have our own things that we like to do. And this is my thing that I like to do. So it's, you know, it's what I put my effort into. Right. Like, and if mom, if I may out you for a minute. Uh, like my mother is a, is a (laughs) wonderful cook, best cook in the world. And that's not just because she's my mother, but it's also because like, (laughs) I will totally catch her mom. What are you doing? And she's reading a menu. Like, I'm not even kidding you. She's online on some restaurant (laughs) site reading the menu. And like she, you know, literally every day, I swear to God, she goes to a different small, tiny little local grocery store Mm -hmm. near her to pick up some specialty ingredient or item or (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And like I get texts of articles from food news about various things. And like why is she such an amazing cook? It's because Mm – it's her it's she lives a yeah. she lives a food and a cooking lifestyle. It's yeah, that important to her. Out. Yeah. You have now revealed my shame. I have. So <laughs> everybody's coming over for dinner, mom. That's the bad I, news. I, I'm, on, I'm on the verge with her. We're like diners and drives, like fanatics. Every time we go somewhere, like when we came to Ohio, I was like, Okay, we gotta look and see where all the diners and drive in dives restaurants are <laughs> so we can go eat there. <laughs> Well, when Julie just went to Nashville, what I sent her was a list of restaurants yeah. she might like to try in Nashville because that's my yeah. approach to travel. It's See, about where am I going like, to eat? Yeah. When we're going on vacation, I'm like, not what are we going to do? I'm thinking, where are we going to go eat? We've got to plan our restaurants, where we're going. And if we go to Disney World, I'm like, I don't care about the rods. Let's find the restaurants and go eat. Food is important. As they say, an army marches on its stomach. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you have to take so, pictures of your food so you can make scrapbook like layouts about this. There things. you go. <laughs> can I ask each of you a question, which is, yeah. is there some new artistic area that you're either toying with, trying, or you'd like to try? Hmm. I don't think I have anything that I would say right now. Um, I kind of, I guess I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> like where I am. I would say... Okay. Probably my newest thing is probably YouTube because I just started doing that pretty much right before I came to Ohio. So, I, you know, kind of doing that was kind of my new thing of getting um, into it. And I, I had dabbled in videos years before with work and I had done those and edited and all that stuff and um, just kind of stayed away from it because I knew that they drove me crazy when I did them then. <laughs> And they still do now. So I think that that's probably like the newest thing that has been on the horizon for me. It's not okay. really, I guess, creating, but it's part of my It creative. is creating. I mean, people create videos yeah. for a living. It's creating something. I mean, like that's a whole other genre of stuff. I mean, yeah. I think that just like I think that blogging is its own creative endeavor. I think making videos is its own creative endeavor. 
Yes. What about you, Julie? Well, my thing is I've been trying to work big, and it's not easy in the studio that I have, but I have been trying just to push myself to work uh, at a larger scale because I think um, one of the things I'm always struck by when I see work in museums and uh, is scale, which nine times out of ten, that painting that you thought was the size of a postage stamp is the size of a wall. You know, and scale does make a huge difference when you're viewing art, particularly because what I've noticed is in a lot of the abstract art, in order to get those really interesting color variations and line and movement and all that kind of stuff, you have to have the scale. It's really hard to do in miniature, you know? Yeah. Um, So for me, that's sort of the area that I've been trying to play in is just working big. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out the ways in which I can work bigger more often. So go big Mm. or go home is my new personal motto. (laughs) That may also be the motto of something like Texas, is it? <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's where we went when we went out of town a couple of weekends ago, and yeah, everything there is big in Texas. <laughs> oh yeah, everything's big in Texas. Anyway, uh, what are you working on, Mom? Me, I'm working on my life. I'm working on becoming a better person. Oh, mother, it would be so hard oh. for you to be and any better than you already world are. Peace. Oh, she, she's trying to show us up now. She, she is. That's horrible. <laughs> anyway, well, we should probably wrap up. We're just at about an hour. Okay. Hard to believe the time passes so quickly. I know. It goes by so fast. So, Ashley, where where online can people find you? Oh, goodness. Um, AshleyHortonDesigns.com is my blog. Um, I also have a separate blog for The Cut Shop, which is thecutshop.blogspot.com. Um, pretty much from both of those, you can find all my other social le- uh, social media links, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, and The Cut Shop um, is the Etsy shop. So if you're on Etsy, um, you can find us just The Cut Shop. Um, and it's The Cut Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E is how it's spelled if you want to check that out. I was calling it the cut shoppy for a while. <laughs> yeah, it took me forever to come up with a name. And, you know, my husband was like, why don't you just keep it Ashley Horton Designs? And I'm like one of those people that's big on everything has to have its own name. And I was like, no, it has to have its own name. <laughs> so that was what I eventually came up with. It's, it's easy to remember what you sell. I'll tell yes. you that. Yeah, it ties along in with the product. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And mom, is there anything else you'd like to say besides world peace? No, and I'll be screening my calls, so don't try to reach me. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you, it doesn't get much better than world peace. You can't really top that. It's there true. You go. It's true. So, as always, you can find me at balzerdesigns.typepad.com. And do leave us your comments or questions at balzerdesigns.com backslash arting, A-R-T-I-N-G. We'd love to hear from you. If you tweet about the show, please use the hashtag artingpodcast. That's all one word, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast. Podcast.